0: This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore and for Sasha and Simons. Boys Town is known for its gay bars, but those spaces aren't always created with women in mind. For Food Friday this week, we're focusing on bars as spaces for queer women. In a few minutes, we'll hear from the co-owner of Nobody's Darling in Edgewater and talk to a DJ who caters to the LGBTQ community. But first, Dorothy. The Lesbian Cocktail Bar on Chicago Avenue is one of the few spaces created by and for queer women in our area. Reset producer Brenda Ruiz recently caught up with Dorothy's chef and owner Zoe Shore to learn more about the name, Dorothy, the bar's mission, and about other Chicago businesses that are centering queer women.
1: We identify Dorothy as a neighborhood lesbian cocktail lounge for every friend of Dorothy. Can you go into what you mean by every friend of Dorothy? I
2: I know, but for the people who may not recognize that phrase.
1: Well, I think, I mean, colloquially, to to say you're a friend of Dorothy is sort of a, a... a DL way of saying that you are a queer person and that's actually the, the reason for the name Dorothy for the bar. That's where it came from. And so, you know, when it wasn't safe or okay to acknowledge openly that you were gay, it was a way to sort of say, Oh, are you a friend of Dorothy's? Um, And that would let you know that you had found an ally or another queer person. And so that was sort of where it came from. And so when we use it now, we say, we mean queer people, and we also mean allies, right? We also mean people who are who are okay being a part of this community. Um, and if you're okay with us, we're okay with you.
2: Are you happy with the number of queer spaces there
1: are in Chicago? I think it's an interesting question because there can never be too many. I would never. There's never a point at which I'm going to say, "Yep, that's enough. We we have enough." I think we have more than ever in a lot of ways. And we we have spaces that are more integrated and also more accessible and also like more far reaching, you know, instead of it all being huddled into one sort of tiny section of the city, we have queer spaces all over the city now. Um, And I think that's really cool, but I I think that there's still so much space for more. And I think what I'm seeing is a lot more, not just spaces, but businesses. Um, So, you know, anything from, a handy person services who can help fix things around your house to a plumber to, you know, a small business like shop small store owner, like finding out, seeking out those people and, and supporting their businesses all year round and not just in June, I think is such an important thing.
0: That's Zoe Shore of Dorothy, a lesbian bar near the edge of Humboldt Park in Ukrainian Village. She says it's inspiring to see businesses created for and by queer women, many of which are being trapped by, tracked by a group called the Lesbian Bar Project.
1: When I was younger, you know, you went out to bars to meet people. That's where you met people. The apps didn't exist, phones weren't part of it. You know, it was just, you'd go out to places and meet people. And I think that that's really, for me, really absent. And it's not just about meeting people to date people. You know, even if you're not single, meeting queer people you can be friends with can be really hard as well. And so I think these spaces are so important. And to look at something like the Lesbian Bar Project and realize that those queer spaces are disappearing, um, if they ever existed to begin with, made me feel like this was really necessary and so i think it's it's such a cool and important thing and what's very cool is when it first started it was like it was i think they had like 21 or something across the country and they were disappearing and now they're growing now they're gaining now they're adding places to the map and i think that's a really cool trend to be a part of
0: now let's continue this conversation with renata riddle a co-owner of nobody's darling a queer bar in edgewater she joins us now welcome
3: Hello, thank you so much
0: for having me. Also with us is Hannah Vitti, but you might know her better as DJ Vitti Girl with Slow Mo, a traveling LGBTQ dance party. Hi, Hannah. Hi, it's nice to be on with you. Renata, historically, we know bars have been many things for the LGBTQ community in Chicago. A safe space, a place to meet like-minded people, a venue for community organizing. What do those spaces represent for you? you.
3: I think they represent for me uh, a place where I can come and just show up as my whole self and not mute any part of it who I am. So those, you know, those spaces just exude love. Um and so those are just really what I feel like is
0: community. Exude love. Okay. I like that. Hannah, how do you think women are welcomed into those spaces?
2: Oh, my goodness. What a question. I think, as Renata said, obviously, feeling that love, but also feeling like you don't have to put on, you don't have to pretend. And also that there's different elements of this space that have been thought about security, sound, lighting, like all of these things really make a space feel comfortable or not to me. And um, if you don't feel like you can really let loose there, meet a new person there, then I think it's hard, you know, to to, to be
0: yourself. Renata, you run Nobody's Darling with your partner, Angela. When did you open the bar, and how do you feel like that space has been received by the community?
3: So we opened May 20th uh, of 2021. It feels like yesterday. Um, We really have been uh, open. uh, The space has been just amazing um, in the way that the community has showed up for us. They were definitely excited for us to be there. And you know, every time someone comes in the door, they're just happy to have us in the in the community because we are definitely a, a really big piece of Andersonville, um, and we do that through our community uh, fundrais- fundraisers that we have at the bar, um, and we just show up really as a, a, a big piece of of the community.
0: How do you make a space? Queer. I'm thinking about little things like non-gendered bathrooms or female bar uh, bartenders
3: yes I you know that that will probably come through through our menus uh, we give uh, a lot of our cartels uh, names from uh, queer women uh, of of color uh, can you give us a, uh, give us some women, examples men yes uh, so we have Giovanni's room which is named after uh, James Bowen's um, Book. Uh, we have uh, the C. Rivera, Riviera. Uh, we have the Kalo Margarita as just a few you know, uh, nods to those uh, wonderful PLC folks of
0: color. And where does the name Nobody's Darling come from?
3: So it comes from the Alice Walker poem Be Nobody's Darling. Um, we wanted to make sure that we were intentional about the name um, and what, how we want people to feel. We want you to come in and you don't have to be you know, anything other than your true self when you come into our space.
0: Why did you decide to open an Andersonville?
3: Well, you know, it came... The reason why we opened an Andersonville is because I knew the owner. Um, and, you know, she just came to me and said, hey, you know, I really would love for... to, to, to give this space to another uh, uh, queer woman. Um, and so that's kind of how it fell into our laps. And I don't think we... Realize the treasure that we were getting uh as far as the the Andersonville community as a whole um, it really it really uh sums up uh you know our space where it's some of everyone that's reflected in the Andersonville community um and you can see that when you come to our bar it's some of you know all different nationalities uh queer straight uh it just really represents. Uh, Andersonville really well.
0: Hannah, I want to take a listen to another clip from Zoe Shore from Dorothy talking about the type of space she's trying to create for queer women.
1: Somebody recently asked me, what's the difference between a queer bar and a lesbian bar? And somebody who was there with us said the clientele. And it was kind of like tongue in cheek about it. And I think that that's true to a certain degree. But I also think it's about access and intention right we really want to be there for our entire queer community but as you just pointed out there are a lot of queer bars and there are not a lot of lesbian bars and i think you know the example i gave to these people i was talking to was like as a jew i feel comfortable in secular spaces i feel comfortable in a church if i should be in one um as a queer person i feel comfortable in straight spaces but there's something really special about being part of your community about going to temple about going to a queer bar about going to a lesbian bar about knowing that somebody designed this space with you in mind not excluding you, but saying, okay, fine, you can come in, I guess. And that's what I think we're really trying to do here is we want everyone to feel comfortable and we really did design it for our entire queer community and our neighborhood, our neighbors. Um, But we want lesbians to feel like they have a space and, and that this is it.
0: And so Hannah, when you look at the queer spaces in Chicago, how often do you see them as a space geared toward women? And what stands out for you about the ones that do feel welcoming?
2: Yeah, I'm really thinking about what Zoe said in that interview. Not only fine, you can come in, but also I like to take that one step further like you can collaborate, you you can offer, you can bring something to this space. So, you know, I think that the queer community in Chicago really has the best DJs, the best dancers, the best performers, and that's how I normally contribute to a space. And I think that's what really sets it apart. Who had an opportunity to bring their art or their idea to the space? It wasn't just listened, but it was welcomed. And um, that's that sets the tone for everyone who comes to the space. It's, it's not only you're allowed in here, but it's like, we want you to also contribute to it. And I think that's what's made the queer parties that I'm part of the most successful. They change their um, fluid based on, you know, what, what the event needs and, and the patrons need. And I think that's really kind of what queer is at its best, right? It's, it's this molding, it's this constantly changing um, term based on who showed up that day and what they have to offer.
0: This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore. And for Sasha Ann Simons, we're talking about the importance of queer spaces with Renata Riddle, a co-owner of Nobody's Darling, a queer bar in Edgewater, and Hannah Vitti. She's a DJ for Slow Mo, a traveling LGBTQ dance party. Like Zoe mentioned, there are very few specifically lesbian bars in the United States. She mentioned the Lesbian Bar Project, which is a project highlighting the dwindling number of lesbian bars in the U.S., 200 in 1980 to 21 at the start of the pandemic. And they didn't list one in Chicago when the project started. Renata, what do you think of that? Are there enough lesbian-focused spaces in Chicago?
3: No, they're not. Um, and But we continue to add more uh, to that list, and we're happy and excited that we have other uh, folks have really thought about, hey, maybe I do need to, uh, when I'm opening up my bar, I may want to focus on this uh, population. So we're definitely excited about that. Um, but we definitely always need more spaces that reflect who we are.
0: Hannah, these spaces are not without their own issues. I'm thinking of TERF culture that has popped up in some lesbian-centered spaces. Can you tell us about what ter- what TERF means?
2: Yeah, that stands for Trans Exclusionary Feminist. So I think TERF is one example. There's just all of these, you know, just like... Life that we see now, these barriers to entry, whether it's white supremacy, whether it's transphobia, whether it's racism. Um, but, you know, a lot of these spaces traditionally were rooted, and this is for this part of the queer cult community or this part of the LGBTQ community. Um, you can see that in Boys Town, right? Like certain spots really being for the boys. And I think that you're, we've seen that these are the places that ultimately are not as successful now. One thing about Nobody's Darling that Renata brought up, I mean, it, it feels like it's true. You could see any type of person there and um, it doesn't feel like it's just for one. So I think those spaces that really were rooted in transphobia or um, misogyny, like they're not as successful. We want more from the culture. We want more from our, our you know, community and the places that do that, the parties that center that, I think are way more successful way more
3: joyful.
0: Renata, how do you see queer women of color fitting into those spaces? Do you think they've always been welcome with open arms?
3: Uh, not at all. I think, you know, and, and that, that's just, you know, part of the course of when you have a owner that owns a space, they're thinking of themselves, right? And they're not thinking of, you know, a, a you know a PLC uh, woman of, of, of color. They're not they're not thinking about that at all. And I think that's so I think so special about Nobody's Darling is that we are, you know, because we want to create a space that we are, you know, truly happy and excited about walking in the doors. I know every time I come to our, into our space, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the new faces in the space and how comfortable everyone is. Um, and, and that's so important to see yourself reflected when you don't see that in too many spaces.
0: Renata, were you in the hospitality business, Um, and if not, what made you and Angela say a bar is what we want to open?
3: So I have been doing pop up events for queer uh, women, uh, and and more so just the queer PLC uh, community as a whole. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, creating these events, and everyone loves them, uh, and I'm bringing, you know, this type of intention to spaces and giving them this type of money. How about, you know, I create a space that I can have for my own curate the events and also, uh, you know, fuel my cocktail passion. And so I brought it up to Angela, Angela, you know, I had to basically talk her into it, but she was, she was excited, a little hesitant. Um, But, you know, it was something that I really wanted to create because it wasn't the space. It wasn't a space that I truly felt existed before and so you know again nobody's darling it came from the space of you know i we love cocktails you know and we also just love a very relaxed environment and a very warm environment and so we we created that with nobody's darling
0: what's your music playlist like
3: oh my goodness r&b house uh top top 40 uh it's some of everything and we have we have a system where you can request the song so when you come in the space you can kind of create the environment you want the music you want so we have some of uh you know all genres uh i know uh Hannah's going to be spinning i think the the 1st of of September so definitely uh uh yeah. make sure you look out for that we're going to have that on instagram and our facebook and our website so definitely look out for that. I'm excited about it because I love when uh, Hannah spins.
0: So do, do you have a date yet?
3: <laughs> Is it the 7th? I think it was Lori Branch. I'm not sure. Of course the <laughs> 7th. Yeah, I think it's September the 7th on a Wednesday.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
3: so yeah, Hannah would be spinning uh, Laura yeah. Branch uh, birthday bash. We'll be there. So we, I'm, I'm definitely excited about
0: that. All right. September 7th, Nobody's Darling up in Edgewater. <laughs> We've been talking to Renato Riddle, who's co-owner of Nobody's Darling, and Hannah Vitti, a DJ with Slow Mo. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.